Hey everyone, saddle up and get yourself ready for the Horse Business Advice Podcast, where I share tips and insights for horse business owners around the world on all kinds of things to do with running your business. I'm Melody, online horse business coach, mother, lover of horses, collector of far too many saddle pads, and unicorn obsessed. I'm absolutely passionate about helping equine-related businesses get the confidence to move forward and get organized enough to be able to still have a life and a business at the same time. Now, I don't want you out there struggling to find the help you need, wondering what the hell to do next. I'm here to tell you that you do not have to go on this journey of horse business alone. So come along and join my free Facebook group, Equine Entrepreneurs Horse Business Advice, and be part of a really supportive and thriving community of horse business owners from around the world. Welcome to the Horse Business Advice Podcast. I'm Melody and today I'm going to share with you 10 things that I wish I had known before I started my first business. Now, just to give you some backstory, my first business was a showbrow band and accessory business. So I handmade showbrow bands and other bits and pieces uh, and I sold them online through social media. I built that business from seven brow bands on eBay to a six-figure business that was a household name in Australia and won a Telstra Business Award and exhibited at Equitana five times. I sold that business 11 years after I started it. And the reason I started that business was I was on maternity leave from my corporate job and it was filling in the time for me at the time. And then I realized that I didn't want to go back to corporate land. I wanted to stay at home and be a mum. But also, I am that person that needs to be doing something all the time. So running a business seemed like a great idea. Plenty of lessons learned along the way. And let me share 10 of them with you. Number one, small business is a lonely business. Now, for those of you who are in small business, that is not going to be a surprise to you. The truth is, is that I came from an environment where even though I was the only person doing what I did in my role, I had a network of people around me. I worked in big buildings in the city. There was always somebody around to at least bounce an idea off or vent to or ask a question of or you know provide some kind of support. So going from that to running my own business from home was incredibly isolating. And it took me quite a while. In fact, it took me far too long. It probably took a couple of years for me to recognize that part of my struggles was just that I was so alone and that I had not created a network of people around me that were able to support me in my journey in small business, that understood anything about what I was doing. Uh, So what I learned and what I wish I'd done earlier was start making connections with other small business owners, start sharing, connecting, uh, helping each other, supporting each other in as many ways as possible. It meant sometimes going out of my comfort zone, going to some business networking things, reaching out to people not sure what their response was going to be. 
but it was an important part of the process. And the less isolated and alone you feel, the more empowered you're going to feel. So if you are sitting in this situation right now where you do feel isolated, you feel alone, start looking for connections to make. Hang out in business groups like the Horse Business Advice Group, but there's more than that, that you know, you might be able to join a local business connect group. And even if they're not horse business owners, they are still business owners that will share some similar issues and challenges that you share, that you have. So it's worth reaching out and making some connections. The second thing I wish I'd known before I started my first business was do the maths right from the start. And I learned that lesson some seriously the hard way. And that was I got to the end of the financial year and it was probably even my second financial year because the first financial year I had not only avoided the figures but I hadn't even done anything so I couldn't even tell you how much I'd made that first year because I hadn't kept track of it and I probably had 50 pages worth of stuff to input into my system and it was far easier to just ignore it than actually catch up. Um, gosh, did I learn that lesson hard because at the end of that financial year that I did actually do the maths, I realized that I wasn't making any money and I was busting my ass. I was working all day, every day, on weekends, at the, in evenings, you know, any given moment and I was giving up things like, I, you know, I would give up riding my horse, I would give up doing stuff because I had to work and I had to do this and I had to do that. And part of the problem there was that I hadn't actually done the math. So I hadn't figured out what my prices should be and how much I should be charging and how much I should be saving and how much I should be spending. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't make a profit, there's two reasons. One, you're spending too much money or two, you're not charging enough, and probably three, a combination of all those things. So doing the maths right from the start, actually sitting down and figuring it out, how much is this going to cost me to run this business, and therefore how much do I need to charge, how many clients do I need, how many sales do I need, what can I spend money on, what do I need to save money on. So that was a really important lesson, and I wish I'd done that right from the very beginning. Uh, number three was a really hard lesson for me to learn and I can see this happening to so many of my clients that I work with now. Learn to switch off and take time away from your business. Let me repeat that. Learn to switch off. We get so involved in our businesses that we are driven and we are thinking about it 24 hours a day and it can be so draining and so exhausting. And the problem with that is that we're then running on empty all the time and we start to get resentful, we start to get overtired and things just don't go smoothly. Then when something goes wrong, we stress out, we overreact, we can't process our thoughts clearly because we just haven't ever had a break. And you know what? At the end of your life, nobody's going to come and hang a medal on you and say, you busted your ass so well for 24 hours a day. You deserve a medal. It's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So it's really important. 
learn to switch off, go ride your horse in the daytime. That, that's one of the things that I quite often tell my clients is schedule time in to go and ride your horse or play with your horse or do whatever it is that you want to do schedule that in as an appointment don't do it at the end of the day at the end of the week if you have time actually make time for it and it's amazing how more productive enthusiastic and organized you are if you do give yourself that bit of time off to spend some time with your horse or go to go to the gym or for you know if you're crazy enough to do that or go for a walk whatever it is but learn to switch off and you know not be worrying about answering messages at 10 30 at night or six o'clock in the morning on a sunday morning you know there's not too many horse businesses emergency vets excluded that your clients actually are genuinely having an emergency they might think that it's emergency that they need to know what color saddle pad you sell at 11 30 at night or how much postage is or tell you that their horse uh, was a little bit naughty in their ride earlier that morning it's not an emergency and you don't have to treat it like an emergency so learn to switch off and step away from the business as much as you can the fourth thing I want to share, don't sweat the small stuff. Now, I know I stole that statement off. I don't even know who said it. But I think it's really powerful for us to remember. Uh, sometimes we get so caught up in what it is that we're doing in the moment that we fail to look forward and think, how is this going to affect me in six weeks' time? in six months time or in a year's time and that's always worth if you are getting stressed about one particular thing something not arriving on time a client that has complained about something just something small that's not really uh, a big issue but it feels like it in the moment just see if you can step away from those kinds of things and just let those things wash over you you know, I'm not saying ignore dramatic business problems at all. I'm just saying sometimes we've got to take a bit of perspective, take two steps back, have a look at it from a distance. Is this really a big deal? Is it the end of the world? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, sure enough, deal with it. But if the answer is no, just walk away. Don't sweat it. Uh, number five, potentially unpopular statement. The customer is not always right. And I don't know any business owner that has not experienced a customer that is not right. There's always going to be one that they're not happy that their saddle pad was folded in the mail or you arrived one minute early or something happened that they didn't like or they expect something for nothing or, you know, I could give you a list forever. But gone is the customer service mentality of the customer is always right no matter what they want do it because unfortunately in this current day and age there are people out there and they're a small minority but they're still there that have learned to take advantage of small business and have learned to almost rot the system if for want of a better description and it's really unfortunate and it's always the small businesses that suffer so Keep in mind, the customer is not always right. Sometimes your terms and conditions 
consumer law, all of those sorts of things override what the customer feels is appropriate for their circumstance and their situation. And that's up to you as a business owner to negotiate with them. So think of it like this. You've got to be reasonable. You've got to adhere to consumer laws. You've got to adhere to your own terms and conditions. Uh, You do not have to bend over backwards for unreasonable people who are making your life super difficult. And that's the kind of customer that I'm talking about as far as the one is that is not being um, always right. That is the one that I'm talking about that is not always right. Number six, you get back what you put in. I come across some businesses that are expecting monumental sales but they only post on their social media once a week and their website isn't optimized and they don't email their list and then they get upset because nobody's buying their stuff but the truth is is that the reason nobody's buying your stuff is that you're not telling anybody about it um you have to put the effort into your business and sometimes that means stopping what you're doing and working in your business and spending some time to work on your business. It doesn't mean you spend more time advertising your stuff. What it does mean is you do a bit more in-depth analysis of the market. You figure out who your ideal client is. You figure out what problem your business solves. And I have podcasts on those subjects themselves. So grab a listen to those guys if you haven't already, because There's a couple of really useful things in there that I've shared that might help you get on that path. The thing about putting the effort in is sometimes it's in the planning. So, you know, create a written business plan. Create a social media plan. Know what language you're using. Know what you're going to do next. Rather than just wake up in the morning and go, mm, haven't had enough sales, I might just post three or, three or four times today. That's no strategy. So actually figuring out a budget, just doing the preparation. And that's, you know, the more that more preparation, the more planning that you do, the more you will get back. So that is that you get back what you put in. That's where that comes into play. Number seven, stay in your lane. Now, there's two analogies here. One is staying in your lane and not getting affected by your competition. And the other is staying in your lane and staying within what fits with your business because you are trying to keep everybody happy and not thinking about your own business. Let me explain. You might see your competitor releasing a new product or offering a new service or doing something And you might think, well, they're doing it, I should be doing it too. Now, that is not necessarily the case at all. And it's sometimes it's tough. Some equine industries are a little bit more tricky than others as far as how many competitors you have and what kind of things that you are selling or what services you're offering. But at the end of the day, You need to figure out what your business is going to niche in. What is it that you offer? What solution do you offer? Who do you want to work for? Who do you want to be selling your stuff to? And stay in that lane. No matter what anybody else says, you might have clients saying to you, can you 
bring in pink curry combs. Now, I remember this with my first business. I had a whole pile of people. Well, it felt like a whole pile of people saying, oh, can I have this in pink? Can I get that in pink? And pink was my theme color. And so there was a lot of talk about pink and, you know, it was pink everything. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I kept those people happy and I offer a range of pink stuff? So I bought in uh, a box full, I think it was. It wasn't a lot of stuff, but a box full of just random pink stuff that weren't necessarily show brow band or accessory related. They were There was grooming things, a pair of bell boots, that sort of thing. And look, they did not fit with my business. It was not even complementary to my business. It was just the same colour as what people had been talking about. And the truth is, is that that stuff did not sell because that's not what people were looking for when they came looking for my business. When they came looking for my business, they were looking for show brow bands and accessories, which is what I said I did. So that was me not staying in my own lane. And I think that's really important to recognize that we need to stay in our own lane and not be affected by people asking us to you know, or, or even telling us we should be doing this, we should be doing that, because the chances are you're going to have very well-meaning family and friends making suggestions, but those well-meaning family and friends don't know anything about business. And they've unless they have run a successful business in the equine industry before, you want to be really careful about taking their advice because they don't actually know what they're talking about. So... Decide what your business is about and stay in your lane. And then when other competitors do things that, you know, perhaps it feels like they're stepping on your toes or, you know, you wish that somebody hadn't shared their post and, you know, not shared yours or whatever, that's you trying to get into their lane. That is you not staying in your own lane. So that's really important. Stay in your lane. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Which kind of gels with number eight. Number eight is grow a thick skin. Truth is you're going to need one if you're going to be in small business. People can be really mean and small business can be brutal. And if you don't have a thick skin, if you're going to get upset at every little thing that goes wrong and at every little thing that somebody says and somebody puts a sad face on your post on social media and that rocks your world for the day, you're going to have to grow a thick skin. And that really, it does sound harsh, but you can't be soft about this sort of thing. You've got to be able to deal with the occasional negative comment and just not flare about it and just go right they don't agree with me delete it move on ban them whatever it is that you're going to do you're going to respond again if you get negative feedback from someone what you don't want to do is and as evidence of somebody who doesn't have a thick skin if you are responsive and reactive you know come back with a a scathing attack back on the person that's given you a negative review you probably needed to grow a thick skin before you did that and just gloss over it you know there's there's ways to handle negative reviews and retaliatory comments are not it so grow a thick skin and let things wash over you that's really something that's going to be really valuable for you not only in small business but you know in life in general number nine 
Create systems before you need them. Now, somebody said to me early in the stage of starting that business, uh, I think this, this saying was something along the lines of, start as you intend to proceed. And I think that was really good advice. And I've certainly shared that with many a client since then is the thing about creating systems is when you actually need a system, the chances are you're already out of control, you don't have time, and the idea of stopping and creating a system is gonna stress you out to the max. So what you wanna do is when you start your business, when you have time, whilst you're creating the startup, is to create all of your systems. And you create them as though you are at your ideal stage with your business. So if you've decided that your ideal stage is you sell 100 products a week or you do 20 treatments of horses a week or whatever it is that you do, then create systems that will support that full to capacity, full sales. Create the systems that will fulfill that right back from the start. And the reason that you'll do that is that what happens is people start creating expectations with their clients, you know, oh yes, I'll run to the post office, you know, you call me and then half an hour later I'll run to the post office for you. Um, I won't send you tracking details, I'll just, you know, flick you a message or whatever it is, you know, like if you just get a bit sloppy with things like that right at the beginning, it's really hard to shift to something more formal, more organized. Uh, for example, you know, businesses, and I see this all the time with product-based businesses, oh, do you want me to order in some of those tall boots for you? Yes, please. In the infancy stages of business, tech, people tend to go, oh, okay, well, I'll order them in, and then when they're here, I'll let you know, and then you can pay for them. No. If you're ordering in custom-made boots or even... If you're ordering in boots, and it's not just boots, but tall boots were the point of this exercise, then make sure that those people are paying. And that's a system that you will need when your business is taking in a few hundred thousand dollars in sales a year. If you're only doing small sales, it might feel like it's the right thing to do is to, you know, not worry about those deposits. But what's going to happen when you've got 15 people a week wanting you to order in tall boots, then your system of letting them not pay for it until they pick them up is going to burn you because you're not going to have the cash flow to be buying all of those boots up front and then relying on the fact that they still want them six weeks later and they are going to come and pick them up and pay for them. So the systems that you put in place right at the beginning are have to support the business through its growth. Now, for those of you who are listening to this, and you're already at that busy stage and you're now going, oh God, I don't have any systems. It's okay. But now's the time to stop. Let this be your moment to say, I'm just going to stop and spend half a day uh, to create systems. Best way to do it is to write things down step by step as though I like to call it the hit by the bus scenario. If you were to be hit by a bus tomorrow, Leave me instructions so I can keep your business running. So the idea is, is that when you write processes and systems down is you literally dot point them out um, step by step as if you were passing that along to somebody else. So 
have a think about creating some systems and for those of you who are not super busy now is the time number 10 is invest in yourself now i wish that i had known this before i started my business because i was of that mentality and i see it a lot now of I need to be making more money before I can afford to outlay to do this course, this business coaching, this whatever it is that I need, or even um, to buy this software or pay for this software that I need to run my business. I need to be making money before I do that. That's kind of like saying, I need to be super fit before I start going to the gym. Right, you've got it around the wrong way, and I certainly did it around the wrong way, and I spent years not investing in myself thinking that if I just pedaled fast enough then I'd get to a point where things were feeling great and I had you know extra money in the account then I could do some courses or get a business coach or do all of those sorts of things and it would life would be awesome then but the reality is is that I actually to get to that point I actually needed help And so I stayed in that stuck zone for just far too long. Once I finally recognized that I did need to invest and get some help. And, you know, we can all, we all have different financial circumstances, uh, some far more limited than others. So, you know, you've got to find something that suits you and suits your budget. But sometimes spending a little bit of money on support, education, learning something new, Uh, putting some money into perhaps a new website or some SEO on your site or some help with your social media or whatever it is that you're going to do, nine times out of 10, that is going to pay for itself very quickly. And that was a lesson I learned. I did not invest in myself early enough in the process. And again, I spent a couple of years spinning my wheels because I just had that mentality of I have to, it has to be successful before I get help. Or it has to be making enough money to, you know, I have to be making X amount of profit before I can invest in a coach or a course or anything like that. But the truth is, is to get to that amount of profit, I needed a coach and a course, to be honest. So I needed things. Uh, So once I figured that out, started investing, started getting the support and help and learning the things that I needed to learn, that is when the business really took off because I had the knowledge and the skills. I have a marketing design background. Uh, I had that outgoing personality. So I had all the basics. I just didn't always have all the ways to execute it. And also just that person to cheerlead me through it, to keep me on track, to, to make sure that I didn't get stuck working in the business all the time and that I spent time working on the business. So that was a really valuable lesson as well. So there's 10 things that I wish I'd known before I started my first business. Honestly, I could create five podcasts about this subject because I learned so much and there was so many things that in hindsight I could have done differently, I would have done differently. But I hope that those 10 things have helped you in some way. At least one of them is something that you can take note of and make a change implement something for yourself i will be back next week with something new for your horse business